0: Of <laughs>
1: Good afternoon everybody, you're now live on the Middleman Radio, this is the Middleman Talk Show, you got your boy Al
2: And this is Kevin
3: And this is Nick
1: What's good everybody, how is everybody doing man? Mm,
3: good, 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 can't complain, I could complain, there's a lot of uh, tomfoolery going on this week, but you know,
2: this is America <laughs> <laughs> That's true, America Hey, you know what? i seen somebody just post something about a white gangster rapper from South Florida. Uh, Mm -hmm. I gotta share this with y'all, man. It's amazing. Uh, This dude is saying, I'm a true American, but they got Trump 2020 and 45 all over the video, dude. It's crazy. I mean, so it's
3: uh, maybe, do you think this is the New World Order?
2: No, it ain't that serious. Ain't (laughs) Ain't nothing new
3: about it, first off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's nothing new about it. This has always been the case. Now, Mm -hmm. I, I think honestly, it's just one of those situations where you got two kind of people that you know, and, and that's going riding hard for 45 like that. You got the folks that's always felt that way, and then you got the folks that are just like, Look, this is an opportunity, there's a lot of attention on it. You know, and we talked about that in our uh black conservative show, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, of people of all races just trying to cash in on it because they know Trump is clickbait, so I mean, yep. it just kind of is what it is.
1: Well. I mean, definitely because you know he's going to feed into it. You know he's going to say something about it. And it's always something new every week, man.
2: And I just yeah, can't I'm, wait to see what else is going to come out, you know? I've never seen somebody with that big of an ego. I mean, that guy is hmm. amazing, though, man. I, I mean, it's crazy. What, what do they call him, man? He's a narcissist? What else?
3: He's a narcissist, he's a sociopath, and he's a megalomaniac. Ah. All yep. of the above. And you know what? Yeah. It's
2: funny how they love to say that President Obama was a divider. I'm, I'm still trying to understand this. Uh, how is he a divider when you got a guy literally sitting in the White House that's talking about everybody under the sun except himself?
3: It, he was if, a, if he he's was a, a divider. divider. Well, here's the thing. Not the way they're saying he is or was, but President Obama was a divider. Because when certain people in this country saw a black guy as the leader of the free world, Mm -hmm. that's when they said, all right, enough is enough. We cannot take this anymore. It was cool when it was like, oh, okay, you know, you see a couple of people that are CEOs, a couple of VPs, but the president? Nah, man. I
2: I get it. I understand what you're saying. But let me maybe (laughs) clarify what I mean. This guy is literally dividing the country I mean he's doing everything he can Through policy, through conversation Through tweeting, everything under the sun Now If a person don't like a person because they're Black, white or whatever The case may be That's on that individual But when you think about a person that's Dividing the country I didn't really see that with Obama I mean he caused a level of division But Mm -hmm. not to the standpoint of he was the actual perpetrator of it himself, like he's actually doing it like 45.
3: No, 45 no,
2: no. is crazy.
3: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that and I can't even give Trump the credit for being the divider as much as I can for drawing the line in the sand and the people who were already secretly divided, mm-hmm. they just start coming out. Oh, like, yeah. that's just he, he just kind of gave credence to something that was always there, which is why when people are like, oh, he's the most racist president. Well, first off, no, he's not. Uh, we got a whole we list, you enough. know. <laughs> but, you know, he I, I say it all the time, Trump leans back to a, a type of racism we have not seen since slavery, that racism of convenience, that racism of, you know, those Anglo-Saxon plantation owners mm. who, yeah, they didn't necessarily like or they didn't care about the lives of black people but they really couldn't stand the Irish you know when it was right. convenient for them though Irish became white Italians became white mm-hmm. so, and Polish became white it's a racism of convenience which is why he's always able to explain away why well, I used to hang out with black people well it was convenient for you then and, mm. and, and when it was convenient to be this right wing pro-life conservative here you go so mm. it's a very old steeped in privileged Real wealth, kind of racism that we've not seen in a long time. Well, if they continue down
2: this path right here, man, just like the fall of Rome, America is not gonna have a good good future at all, at all. I can't see that. happening. Man. to speak back on
1: what Nick was saying, like it's kind of says like this is always a part of a a strategy. Like there's always a strategy to. Uh, demean or dehumanize for profit um, I mean we could always you know look at like history and you can see where profit was made off of dehumanizing and demeaning people and so it's just a common strategy man and I don't I think uh, and you know certain politicians they play on it and using it and it has worked in their favor
2: for a lot of a lot of things man
1: of yeah, yeah, man so. for sure
2: yeah. Uh, um, I, I want to say one more Little thing about this because I know we need to move on To our topic and other things For mm-hmm. today but uh, There was a gentleman uh, well one of my Facebook Friends he had a post and one of the guys Was like well Joe Biden Is not as bad as 45 And you know he put more black people In jail and you know blah 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 And I asked him uh, I, I posed the question of what white politician has never done anything that was beneficial, has done anything not to oppress black people or that was not that beneficial towards black people. I'm not saying all white politicians are bad, but majority of the things that they do uh, sign off on or or whatever the case may be, it's not going to always be for the benefit of us.
1: No, it's for the benefit of everybody. Like They're not going to benefit just one particular group on a particular issue. They're going to make it fit everybody. Delicious. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, so
2: yeah, correct. (laughs) Half and a half, nice, man. Half and a half, nice. Go ahead and take it, Nick. I mean, uh, Al.
1: Well, um, last past two weeks, a lot of talk has been coming out about ownership of your own licensing, right? So, if you're not familiar uh, with uh, this particular terminology in dealing with media, anything that you create or possess um, auditory, or if you written it down. Um, you technically own the rights if you copywritten, right? So ownership versus equality. With Joe Budden recently announcing that he is ending his contract with with Spotify for his number one rated podcast, the internet immediately started buzzing. After a response from the from the Breakfast Club host Charlamagne the God that Joe needs to to negotiate better, fans began to take sides. So um, there was a video. Um, that was recently posted on Joe Budden's TV on YouTube. You can definitely go back and hear his whole response. Uh, but given Charlemagne is the guy's recent announcement of a, of a partnership for a podcast on iHeartRadio, the question now comes up of having a seat at the table versus building your own. Um, are both aspects correct? What should black people in America be concerned with building their own table or getting an equity stake at someone else's table? Uh, what, is an, what is an acceptable amount of ownership that a creator is willing to part with? How much are you willing to give up? Um, and with podcasts being larger than ever, continue a path of independence, or should we seek network deals? We definitely want you all, Um, To join in on this discussion today We'd definitely like to hear your opinions Uh, If you would like to get in on this discussion The number to dial in is 516-387-1542 Press the number 1 On your phone But we definitely would like to hear from you Any black podcasters out there uh, That that are listening to your show We definitely want to hear your thoughts um, On this particular topic today Um, Nick, would you like to Um begin breaking down like your thoughts of, you know, this particular show in reference to um, ownership versus equality with Joe Budden versus Charlemagne.
3: I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, I, and I think that it's, uh, it is worth noting that this is a conversation that's been had, you know, time and time again within our community. Mm-hmm. I think that with black people in America, we are in such a unique position because we are almost forced one way or the other. You know, when you look at, um, a a lot of of white owned, um, companies, I mean, for them it's second nature to sell something or declare bankruptcy because it's a good business move. You know, Mm -hmm. these types of things that, that generally when it comes to business, we are kind of shunned by because we've not had our own for so long you know, as a whole, that it's like, we got to hold on to every single thing. And and so this has been a conversation that's been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the biggest thing is Joe Budden did not like the offer that was made to him by um, Spotify. Uh, It wasn't, it was an eight figure offer from uh, from what I understand. They have not given the exact details of it, but they were asking for ownership of everything. Uh, I mean, and, and, it is different for those of you who are, who are consumers uh, just and listeners and not so much on the business end of it. You have several levels of how you can put together a podcast. I mean, you know, it, it, you have the people who pay a mm-hmm. service fee for a podcasting host. And then you have podcast networks or services like Spotify and everything. And So right. in this deal, uh, Joe Budden was exclusive to Spotify. You couldn't get the Joe Budden podcast anywhere else with the exception of YouTube. And um, he really kind of yeah. built that for them. You know, Spotify didn't really go hard into the, uh, into the podcasting realm until he just kind of just blew up with it. And, I mean, for two years, he's had the number one show on Spotify's podcast network. That's not number one urban, hip-hop, uh, anything. That's... Across out of the seven hundred thousand podcasts that they have, he's been number one, and he did he didn't appreciate the offer. and He really broke it down. Right. I mean, it, we're talking about a three hour podcast where he really broke it down, which is why we didn't bring any of the clips. But um, but in the process of it, you know, Charlemagne was saying. And, and when it came out, I'll be honest, I felt the same way because I didn't know the back end of it. But mm-hmm. after hearing the back end of it, I was like, "No, I get where Joe is going." But then I also get where Charlemagne's is going. I think Charlemagne could have handled it a little bit better, but uh, you know, this was also in the, in the midst of Charlemagne being about to announce that he had struck a deal with iHeart for an entire podcast network. So, I mean, it, it's it's. I think you need both. I think they're both right. We need our own tables but we also need representation at other tables. That's the only way this works because everybody else gets the luxury of that seemingly except for black people in America. I don't know. Kev, what are your thoughts? Um,
2: podcast, music, anything that we create, um, I definitely feel like we definitely should have ownership of it. Um, You kind of caught me off guard, Libby. Too, I ain't gonna lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, when it comes to you know this 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 format that we have, man, it's it's still somewhat new. It's been around for a while, and uh, I would love to see us create. And I think we kind of mentioned it on the last show. And and matter of fact, uh, it was after what it was after the middle when we was working on a, one of those episodes right there uh, for our, uh, what is Patreon. that called it? Patreon. Our Patreon yeah. yeah, for our Patreon. And, uh, you know, like I was saying, man, I would love to see someone out there create something that we can actually leave all of these forums. I mean, I like blog talk. Blog talk has been good to us. Uh, but at the same time, imagine if we own the, the vehicle that creates mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. Imagine if we – because, I mean, the content is here. If if you ever go back, listen to our show, go back to our archives, the the content is there. But the vehicle, we're just riding with someone. If Blog Talks tomorrow say, hey, we're shut down, guess what? How do we get all this information out to the people that would like to hear us, all the people that tune in every Sunday, all the people that share the show, bring friends to us, how do we get that to them? Ownership is very important. Yeah. I wanna bring back you. up something be, else yeah, that ahead. Nick was um,
1: you know, talking about with the Joe Budden situation that I think a lot of people may not uh understand. So when you are signing a um a deal with a company, right, and they put in clauses to where you are not allowed to share uh your work with any other agency because it'll be like a, uh uh A conflict of interest or like a no-compete situation, right? So Joe Budden has a lot of shows already on his Joe Budden TV YouTube page. Um, And so when you sign a particular contract, that means that that company is going to get a piece of everything of your likeness. So if Joe Budden, Joe Budden TV made t-shirts after this particular Spotify deal, of course they're going to get a piece of that because his name is owned under uh, a Spotify contract. And so when when you are <clears throat> looking at this particular situation from Joe Budden's standpoint, like he is saying that he can make all of this on his own and make more money on his own instead of going through a machine that wants what he has been doing on his own now. And so yes, fortunately he has, you know, enough following to be able to make those particular arguments uh, in those meetings. But you have podcasters who uh, do not have that type of financial backing, do not have that type of ad revenue coming in. When a deal like this approaches, you know, Mm -hmm. some of them may take that, may take the money. So Um, Can it be helpful? Yes Can you know you can Possibly benefit from it In the long run possibly Depending on what your contract looks like You definitely want to make sure you have a good lawyer um, You know to review that Contract because you definitely don't want to Misread or overlook something that uh, Disqualifies you From owning your own Audio meaning your voice Your 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 image, your your commentary, and try to do something else with it because they may flag it.
2: Al, um, and I know, Nick, you had a thought process with it, too, but I, I just want to ask the question, of what is this almost akin to? If y'all remember it's just like when a rappers, record deal. When, yeah, when rappers were signing a 360 deal, mm-hmm. it almost sounded like a 360 deal. I own your likeness. I own mm-hmm. your your your, like you said, I own the way you sound. I own your name. I own everything else. So, if Joe Button was looking at it from the standpoint of okay, if I do sign and I, I do give up all my rights, I mean, what else are they gonna come in and say they can come and change yep. up, change up the way he want to do the show? Oh, and who's working that on the show with him? Exactly, you can't have this person on the show. So That's I mean, right. well,
3: and see, if, and and that was the part of Joe's argument, you, and we all have to. Remember that Joe comes from the the music business. You know that right. that's where Joe is, and Joe retired. Like I, that's the thing I don't think people realize. You know, I know it's kind of funny to hear say, "Oh, this rapper retired." No, he legitimately got disenfranchised with the music business. Was like I'm done. I'm done. I'm gonna go do something else. And I mean, I honestly think this was the better move. He's much bigger as as a podcast personality than he ever was as an artist. Um, but. Uh, and even to the point now where you see um, now record labels have podcast divisions. Now this was the area where artists could say, "All right, cool. This my my deal's not working out great. This you know, at, at I can get a microphone, I can record myself talking about my experiences in the music business, and I can build a following. And now the record labels want a piece of that. And so, like, I'm I'm pretty sure he did take that into account." when this came up, the problem that comes along with it was they signed a 10-year deal and in this 10-year, I'm sorry, a 2-year deal I apologize, but when they came with the other offer, the offer was not just for the Joe Budden podcast. The Mm -hmm. offer uh, also included anything outside that his co-hosts Rory and Mal were doing anything, just like Al said any merch, anything like that. It was just like all of a sudden you want everything else and then you're not giving the type of money that would require all that. Like like he referenced uh, Bill Simmons, who recently sold his podcast network to uh, Spotify. And that was a $250 million deal. I'm pretty sure Bill Simmons is a lot older, you know, probably in the twilight of it. Is like, okay, cool. I can do this, still do my podcast and cash out. That, that's not Joe. Joe is young. Joe is 40. Joe is like, no, I still got a lot that I want to build. I still have a lot that I want to do. But I think the biggest problem that comes in all of this is when you sign with a podcast network, big or small, Uh, There are a couple things you are giving up One you may have to move your Like if the middleman talk show were to sign with Loudspeaker Network for Instance we're going to have to take all Of our stuff off of Blog Talk And put it on Loudspeaker Network now that might not Seem much to the, the listeners Because they just know when they click the show they get a new show that's fine that's a lot of back-end work then we don't have any control over the advertisers so if there's someone that's advertising and they just don't align with what we believe in we have no control over that we sign a deal if we're doing the show and then all of a sudden in the middle of the show a donald trump ad plays y'all gonna be looking at us crazy like, <laughs> <laughs> you know so right. there's a lot there's a lot that you're giving up but on, but I have to play devil's advocate. I understand where Charlemagne is coming from, and this wasn't so much a thing with Joe. Joe was like, "Yo, Charlemagne, do what you do." But Charlemagne's been at iHeart for ten years. He's built a relationship with them. He's made a lot of money with them. Um, I don't know the specifics of his deal. What I do know is it is a black podcasting network that he's bringing to iHeart. He's brought at least 18 shows over some established like 85 South Boys, some brand new, you know that are that are that are local. So he's giving a lot of people a chance to get an additional check. I think both Things are possible to do, and I think that both things are necessary to do. We can sit here and we can do news all day, but you know what? We still need somebody over at CNN. We still need somebody at MSNBC. Yeah, we still need somebody over at Fox. Mm-hmm.
4: So,
3: you know, it—you it, need both. You need the Tyler Perry Studio, but then you need Ava DuVernay working out of uh, Disney Studios. You, you and Ryan Coogler working out of Marvel Studios. You, you need both. That's the only way because. Yeah. How else are we going to make the money to put into the community so that it can circulate?
1: And also, how else are we going to get the information that we need uh, to also continue to prepare what we are trying to do? Because a lot of things that goes on within a certain industry, you know, we're not privy to those conversations, but at least we'll have someone there. I get that. Um, But, you know, speaking to the form of ownership of owning the masters of your brand now as a as an independent podcast network the middleman talk show if we were to actually like Kevin said like get into a situation where uh, we are um, excuse me like Nick said where we were syndicated on a particular network do you feel that network well, does the network still have the right to identify the look and style of the middleman talk show?
2: Hmm.
1: Interesting.
3: Interesting. Because
1: because because we because they can say that the staff will stay the same, right? But the look and style that we bring to what we are trying to portray. Has to be changed.
3: Can now, they This do would
1: that? be. What's the yeah. point of doing a
3: podcast? I, I could just go and I could just go and get a job that pays me whatever mm-hmm. the split would be. Now
1: those are other situations in which can occur because, like we saw with Nick Kenny, you cannot say anything that you want to say.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they you cannot. They could can put. They can put a little, you know, a little hurt on you if if you you know you go against the grain of what they want you to present for their mm-hmm. overall brand because we are only one part of that entity. You that know what I'm correct. saying? So if you do, if you're a big part, like say for if, if it was something like CBS, we mm-hmm. can't come and buck against CBS. They'd be like, hey man, we'll replace y'all in a heartbeat. Matter of fact, since we own you, we're gonna replace all the hosts. Then what? You know what I'm saying? Just that quick.
1: We we'll need you,
3: you, or you, or you. We'll see, and that's that's my biggest thing. Um, when you look at, okay, think about all the stuff that we have all going on outside of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So now, do y'all want a piece of that? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, you 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 can't, <laughs> you can't you 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 cannot. There is not a network. That's going to come and tell me that Oh okay well in in addition to The middleman talk show We need a piece of what Al does on the side, what Nick does on the side What Jen does on the side, what Kevin Does on the side, no that's not Because for me what I'm trying to build Goes beyond, I didn't wake Up to say we're going to do this show For this Network to take over And essentially do What Viacom did to Nick Cannon yeah, right. We can talk about the dollars. Like, yeah, that's cool for Bill Simmons to get two hundred and fifty million dollars for his podcast network. I'm not worried about two hundred and fifty million dollars for me. I'm worried about two hundred and fifty million dollars for my grandkids, grandkids. You get what I mean? So,
1: so, so, let me ask you all this, and I'm pretty sure maybe this is something in which, you know, other podcasters uh, may or or musicians in general, um, creators in general. So. Uh, to speak to that standpoint Nick of being able to potentially make money off of you know let's say Al side businesses right but let's say when I signed that particular contract I signed my name under the middleman Al instead of Alan Harrison would they still be able to of Alan Harrison products even though it's not signed under the middleman Al
3: well that's essentially what happened with joe what essentially happened with joe was they said Mm. okay because the name it was joe button tv it's joe button's company it's joe button's employees he played he pays mal and rory a a split based on them being a part of the show and everything they do creatively for the show so when spotify came around spotify is like all right cool that's great you know we want the joe button podcast to continue as spotify we're willing to offer you this much money we're also wanting control over your youtube channel we also want control over what mal does that is you know connected to joe button tv mm-hmm. uh, we also want what rory does and it's just like dude you're coming back and you're you want everything that has nothing to mm-hmm. do with it and it's the same it's the everybody looked at streaming And this goes back into the music business. Everybody looked at streaming like it was supposed to be what re empowered artists and this or that, and things of that nature. All Spotify did was become the labels. This is the same type of crap that the labels were doing.
1: Exactly. They wanted the brand. So, Rory and, you know, Maul, they are a part of the Joe Budden brand. So, that's why they went back. And so that's like another issue to look at, because what if I'm doing something totally different from that doesn't have anything to do with the middleman, but um, it's something that I do like, I feel like I don't want anybody to come back and try to get a piece of that as well. um, Because I've already, you know, signed, what have contract obligations.
2: Well, you know, we do have leverage uh, period, because when you think about it, Uh, we are, like you said, we, we said it consistently through this whole show. We are the creators. When you're Mm -hmm. a creator, how do you give up everything? Now I'll use this line that Jay Z said before to, uh, his partners. If you created me, make another me. So Mm. at the end of the day, if we do sign something, they can't stop the creativity of what we can create later on, but why would you want to give up everything that you built from the ground up to this point? That, to me, it makes no so, sense.
1: So that goes into, like, you know, one of our next questions. Like, what is an acceptable amount of ownership that a creator is willing to, you know, to part with? Like, what are you willing to give up in order to, I guess you would say, reach that level of um, stardom or level of resources you you feel you need to be successful in your art. Like, I my name would
3: be a no no. My name. Your yeah. name is a no no.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: like can 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 we can we put it in another term? Because this this article just came out this week. There was an article talking about I think even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think everybody knows the name John Cena.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: John Cena has been arguably the biggest star in wrestling since the rock and now he's made his transition into movies he's coming in a new fast and furious movie the wwe owns john cena's name this is not a stage name this is this man's birth name and they own Mm. it that means everything Mm. he's doing in hollywood Vince McMahon is getting a piece of and this was the conflict between Vince McMahon and Dwayne Johnson because Dwayne Johnson was like, nah, fam, I'm not doing anything like that. I'm good. And now you look at it and Dwayne Johnson is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. But when you look at it, I guess it really just depends on where you are in a couple of aspects mentally, financially, and what mm-hmm. do you see going forward? When you look at the deal with uh, Charlemagne and iHeart, it's a 50-50 joint venture. And and let's not act like we, at one point, especially those of us who came from the music business, were not championing the 50-50 ventures when it was Rockefeller and Death Jam or or Rough Riders. Everybody was all about the joint ventures. Meanwhile, Master P was like, <laughs> 85-15. So I guess <laughs> right. <laughs> it just it it depends on what you are willing to give up. For me, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to give that up because I look at something like if you look at the view you know, everybody talks about, oh, that's Whoopi's Show, that's Whoopi Show. No, it's not Barbara Walters Show, and Barbara Walters has fired Whoopi before and brought her back. She's, you know, they've interchanged the host so many times at this point. There are more ex-members of the View than there are members of the View. So it, it, it's it's really about, hey, look, what what are you really willing to give up? And so what, let
1: me where, let me let me let me throw out some numbers, Nick, to help you with the what are you willing to give up? Okay. So, I have some numbers based off of um, streaming uh, services and how much you can earn per stream, okay? So, um, and let's just take Spotify because Spotify is also included in this data. Um, One stream, which is one sound recording, only averages around a half a penny. So, around a half a penny, and I'm going to give you the number, is 0.0038. So, you're in the thousandth place, if you're counting money, past the decimal to the right. So, you're less than a penny, and then you have to split that 50-50 between performance and mechanical royalties, meaning that you could possibly come only back with less than half of that, so that's that's like a, almost a 12th. So, if you were to stream 1.6 million on on demand live streams, right, you will earn only a thousand dollars. But guess what? If you have a team that is also signed under that particular deal, and everybody's under a particular brand. Guess who also get paid out of that thousand dollars? Everybody else. Yep, that,
3: that so sounds about right. Anything. Yes, look, I, I was looking if if we can pull it back to music. Uh, I was I was looking at. Uh, after this came out, I was like, let me, you know, let me check on my, my sales, you know, because mm-hmm. I still have albums up and everything. Look, man, I've had thousands and thousands of plays on Spotify, and I think I've never made more than 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's you
1: know crazy. Saying? That's, that's crazy. That is so real. <laughs> like, that
3: is it, so it's, real. Title, on the other hand, yeah, title is good to me. But, you know, it, it's, 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 but we don't want to support Jay-Z, you know. But anyway. But, again, I think it's all about what you are willing to put up with. I know for me, and much as I love y'all, if y'all came to me and said, hey, this network is wanting to put Middleman Talk Show on a podcast mm-hmm. network, but they're wanting a piece of... The other things that we're doing, and don't get me wrong, I get it. There, there's a dedicated team there that is doing sales. There's cross promotion. There's all. There are a lot of pros to it. But if you come at me talking about you want something outside of this one entity, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I got to think about other uh, podcast that I'm a part of, the, uh, other mm-hmm. shows, I'm doing, other stuff that y'all are doing. Like, I like, I'm sorry because what how I look at it is, and, and it's funny because Roland Martin was actually talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And I feel exactly the same way. I 100% agree. I'm not, again. I'm not thinking about me. What I'm thinking about is if 50 years down the line, let's say for instance, somebody's doing a a documentary on uh, well, say 100 years down the line. I don't want to say 50 because I don't want to put any of us uh, out too early. Uh, but 100 <laughs> years down the line, somebody's doing a, a a documentary on 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 music, and they're doing early 2000s R&B, and they they come across our talk of the town interview with Carl Thomas, right? And they want to license that for this documentary. They have to contact our estates and they have to pay our estates to get that intellectual property. To me, that means way more than what check you can cut me right now to get a percentage of everything that we have. But I'm not mad at Charlemagne. I promise you I'm not. Yeah. I applaud the brother for doing what he's doing. I just know for me, I'm thinking ahead. I'm thinking generations ahead. And so for me, the intellectual property that we've all accumulated together and and, and, and individually, to me, that IP is more valuable than loudspeaker network. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop picking on Loudspeaker. Uh but that that's 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 <laughs> more important to me than such and such an ABC network coming and saying, Hey, we're gonna give y'all a five figure deal right now, you know, but we need all your content. We can go out and get a five we go out and get five figures ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can go out and get six figures ourselves. So True. it it's just it's a it's a little bit more important for me, for us to own that intellectual property. Right. And I do think that we do need to groom people. To be able to move between building a table and being able to sit at a table, like that's you, correct. I, we got we got to be on some espionage stuff. I'm sorry, like that's just that's just me. <laughs> like, look, I need you to go in. I need you to infiltrate this place because because let's be honest, they're gonna get access to the new technology before we do. That's that's the type of circles that they roll in, right? And, and, and then that's how I... they keep themselves on top. So we need that intel.
1: And they also already do espionage against us anyway because they already send people scouring the surface to find the next big thing and and to try to convince them to do what? Sign on that dotted line, you know? Yeah. So they're doing it too, you know? Um, And so, yes, we have to utilize the same system against them as well, you know?
3: Exactly. (laughs) And I think it's all about how the deal is structured because I do think it's possible for one entity to do both because Mm -hmm. when you look at... Uh, just a few weeks ago, I keep going back to Roland Martin, and uh, guys, don't forget, if you want to get in on the conversation, uh, give us a call 516-387-1542 press the number one and we'll get you in a combo Um, it it harkens back to like like maybe two months ago when Roland Martin was talking about how he signed his deal with Black Information Network, which is a a, a news podcasting network on iHeart Uh, and and it's really funny because they kind of went in and they kicked those Fox stations off. So a lot of people that were listening to terrestrial radio, and it was Fox stuff, <laughs> imagine their surprise when they turn on the radio and, and, and they hear Malcolm X speech. That's nonetheless. Oh, great yeah, but, man. That is great, I, I, would, man. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in them cars. Some of the comments I saw was just like, man, God. But Roland owns all his content. He cut a licensing deal with them. So if you want to get in the business, hey, give us a call. We are the middlemen at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll definitely do business, (laughs) but you're definitely going to get licensed because at the end of this day, after these 12 years, I -hmm. will be damned if somebody who has not been in the fire with the middlemen, with me, Al, Kev, and Jen, is going to come in and say, this is the new direction of your show. These are the people that are going to be advertising on your show, so you need to groom your audience to like them. That's not going to happen.
1: So let's speak about the branding and um, the personal personas of the show, right? So we all have our own personal, you know, uh, influence towards the show that creates the brand. Um, when companies come to you, do you guys feel like they're coming for the brand or they're coming for the person? Or do you feel like it's it just depends on what it is. Because sometimes the brand can be larger than the person. Like Kevin said earlier, you know, you can be replaced. So do you feel like these companies are coming more towards the the person or the brand?
2: It all depends. Because yeah. you got to think about it. Steve Harvey is bigger than the Steve Harvey show.
1: Mm-hmm. Because Steve right.
2: Harvey is a brand. Mm-hmm. So you can't mm-hmm. say, well, I'll just replace Steve Harvey on the Steve Harvey show. That's not going to happen. Right. So, it really depends on the actual situation. But we situation saw this before
1: with... With, with who? I'm just going to throw a joke out there, but it's probably probably, probably not the place one, but with of and the Fresh Prince of Bethlehem, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man, but, come but, on. <laughs> but the Fresh Prince was about Will Smith. That's what the Fresh
3: Prince was about. Exactly. You're you, you yeah. not about to uh, replace uh, Will Smith with Martin Lawrence on The first Prince—that so wasn't going to happen. Real. That's uh, real. Original, That's real. Original original art, eh, not so much. But you know, uh, and, and there there is a way where you can build it up so much to a point where, even if you are not the uh, the, the, the 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 proprietor of that particular entity, you've ingrained yourself in it. Using Steve Harvey as an example, uh, you would find real it real hard to replace Steve Harvey on Family Feud. He completely reinvigorated that show.
4: He's gonna yes, probably he be at
3: that show until he does not mm-hmm. want to be at that show anymore. You remember when they tried to have Louie Anderson on there, that didn't work. Yeah, right?
2: Trash. <laughs>
3: trash. <laughs> trash. But, you know, and I and I think we don't give enough credit to Tom Joyner for setting the bar in black media because when everybody mm. else was trying to get picked up by this company or picked up by this station and hoping for national syndication, Tom Joyner was like, "Nah, Reach Media Incorporated is my company, and I'm going to license my show to all these mm-hmm. people. And you go deal with me until I'm no longer hot. Now, when I go no longer get hot, then that's just something different. But you know, you, you gotta you, you gotta give props for that because I think that is the way to do it."
2: But you know, even with that as a with with him being that example, um, mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy because a lot of people are not aware of licensing or or, you know, like just basically having yourself Mm -hmm. set up, like you said earlier, Nick, for future generations. Period. Um, From an educational standpoint, what what would you recommend or what do we need to recommend for people to do to educate themselves? Because we do have others out there that listen to us to have their own shows. Uh, and they're building their own brands. How do we basically give them the proper information to be be what they need to be to own themselves?
3: I think the I think the first thing that people need to do is people need to go to Google and YouTube. How mm-hmm. do I monetize my content? A, a, a simple search man can go a long way, but that's where you need to start. Second, you need to join other groups of like minded individuals. Like, and I, you know, we got to give them a shout out, man. Big shout out to uh, Podcasting While Black on Facebook. It's a Facebook group for uh, black content creators, man. It's a wealth of knowledge in there, you know, and then join organizations. You know there's yep. the uh national black owned broadcasting Association there's the national Association of black journalists i mean there they, you know we have to participate man because there are resources in these entities that can greatly greatly influence how we build our brands but you gotta you start with Google if you don't go <laughs> if you don't do anything else start with yeah
1: Google.
3: and just consume yeah. right much i will also know.
1: um Right. I will also add on to that, you know, as well, um, in your Google search, Google copyright. Make sure you understand the definition of copyright. Make sure you understand the definition of, you know, ownership as well. Um, And then also, if you um, if your show has a particular name in which you feel like um, you want to be protected, make sure you um, look up on your secretary of state website about um, LLCs, um, trademarking your name within your state, um, as well, and so those are other things in which you can look up as well too. So um, definitely protect yourself.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, but in addition to that, treat it like a business. That's correct, I, and I know that sounds that that sounds really simple, but. Treated it like a business. Like we're at a place in history right now where podcasting is bigger than it's ever been before. And and when we've talked about it on this show that one of the, the, the great mistakes that I think that we made as um being twelve years in, we started listening to what people were saying. Y'all guys need to be on radio. Y'all guys need to be on radio. Y'all guys need yeah. and so we started chasing that, and I think that's one of the mm-hmm. things that held us back fairly early uh, with the show. Instead of just keeping on the path, like you know, for whatever reason, it seemed more important for us to get on traditional radio in Atlanta and not continue to broadcast to the hundreds of company uh, countries that we broadcast to. <laughs> like, <I swear. laughs>
2: you know what? You know what? I like in it too, man. There's a picture of a guy, two guys digging beneath the ground.
4: Mm-hmm. and
2: one stops and walks away and he has like a whole lot of diamonds right there if he would have hit that axe one more time, one more time. Found those mm-hmm. diamonds. and the one guy that kept on boom that's these people that you look at now that you know their podcasts are like top notch and not necessarily top notch but it's very well known I'll use that term and and I feel like this show and just my opinion Hey, we that good yeah we should be on well known uh, but we are what we are. We're going to continue to grind into everybody, to respect what we do. doing. Right. Um,
1: and you got to continue to, you know, support those that actually, you know, that are putting out great content that really, you know, resonates with you. We definitely want to make sure that um, that like, we really and truly support our own. Like, do we really do that? Like, when people, you know, uh, invite you to listen, invite you to, you know, share your your comments, like, explore that. Like, that's only going to help you reach more people, reach more listeners, uh, to be more engaged, uh, because you want them to recognize your context because when they hear your name, they'll know. Oh yeah. You know, um, they talk about this or I listen to this particular show where they discuss this. Um, you know, you definitely want to have something, um, to always give back, man. Um, now another question that, you know, we definitely want to, um, to discuss as well as far as with continuing the path in which we're on towards independence or should we seek other type of network deals? Um now as we discussed earlier, you know, dealing with Joe Bud, you know, he is, you know, he was speaking from an independence standpoint. And I know we talked about earlier, you know, that this doesn't, you know, sometimes it just doesn't fit for everyone. But with the way podcasts are moving now, um, what is the next steps? Like, what do you guys feel would be the next thing for, you know, like the next new wave?
3: Uh, Do you mean in terms of, like, technology or just uh, how the culture shift Well, as far as, um,
1: yeah, the culture shift thing, because you got to think about, you know, how – you know how music, you know, bored over into uh, movies, how music bored over into TV shows, t- into commercials, things of that standpoint.
3: Oh no, no, I get that. Um, I think that it's going to become a lot more mainstream. I mean, it mm-hmm. already is. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But uh, again, you've got labels having podcast divisions now. You've got you know YouTube. Is doing YouTube music. But let's be honest, it's a it's a reason that they can do. You know, you remember, you, you, there was no way that you could close the YouTube app and continue to have a video play. Right. But they mm-hmm. know that podcasting is passive. It's a uh, you know it, it's it's passive, and because of that, it, it's huge. I can take my favorite podcast and listen to it when I go running or if I'm on the road or, you know, I can just or if I'm even just walking around the house. Right. So I think it's gonna get more mainstream. I think in order for us to get ahead of it, um, we've got to stop being behind the curve when it comes to the the tech portion and the sales portion. And I think if this is the time and this is a really good opportunity where black ad agencies and we talked about this when Deborah was on, when we were doing the black media show, you know, how they just been kind of pushed out of traditional media. Mm-hmm. This is the time, man, where we, where we can just really start digging in, getting, getting with these black agencies and, and start to move some of that podcasting money towards that ad money through those black agencies into us. Like we need to be having these conversations with these smaller ad agencies instead of us saying, Oh, well, We're going to do the podcast, we're going to edit the podcast, we're going to run the Patreon, and we're going to go out and we're going to seek all the advertising, and we're going to go out and we're going to secure all the contracts for it, which is something that, yeah, we can do, but why not utilize people who are good at that and do that on a regular basis. I would much rather pay a percentage to another king or queen that is out there and they specialize in advertising and be able to not only help them make more money, but put them in contact with more podcasters and build a a section of business that may not have been even a thought process for them because they've been frozen out of it by the majority. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, it's it's cooperative buying, and I think that's the yeah. that's the next step.
1: And I think and, also too, uh, you know, thinking outside the box of where you um, are connecting with your your community with, you know, um, you know who who is your audience and how you are reaching them. Um, and I know some people may feel like you know they don't have all the equipment to do what they need to do for a show there are apps now that you can utilize your phone and host via your phone now. You can actually record on your phone, edit on your phone, and re-upload it to the site now. Um, You know, one example is uh, Anchor.com. And so, with that particular standpoint, like, do you feel like um, um, no matter how you got your content put together, um, like, if you have good content, people will listen. People will work with you. People will uh, um, uh, want to spend money with you. You just got to put out good, you know, good content, man. Use mm-hmm. what you got.
2: Well, eventually, you know, things will change. Things always change. But I know one thing we as a people are always going to be creators.
4: Yeah, because
2: that's yeah. We push the envelope on everything, mm-hmm. so no matter how much it changed, we'll take it and change it even more and make it that much more better. So, yes,
1: that's I how mean, I look
3: at it. To and use your a genetic, will grow with you,
1: right? To use an example for that, that phrase Kevin is is Soldier Boy. Like when Soldier Boy just you know with him using YouTube, like now everybody, you know, started after him just trying to blow up on YouTube. Um, and he utilized what was in front of him that he knew how to use well and it worked for him. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And and I always go back to there was something that uh, Kev told me it's what, it's 2020 11 years ago. Um, we were talking about at the time when I was telling him, I was thinking about doing this album called Beducation. Be I was like, "Yeah, I don't really have the money to get in the studio right now. And I, I'm concerned about how the quality is going to be, and I don't know if mm-hmm. it's just going to be." And, and Kev was like, "Look, man, people want to see you grow. Your fans would rather see you go from A to B than to try to come out as Z." And 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 I'm not just uh, I'm, I'm not just putting gas on that because we're on the line together right now, but that is something I've taken with me. Ever since then. That's real. I put I put that album out less than a year after he said that. I'm constantly telling people are just like, Man, I just you know, I, I wanna do this, but man, I I just I want it to be just right. You don't mess around and just write yourself into retirement.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And guess what, Nick, you own that. Like you own that merchandise. You own exactly. that product. Not shared with anybody.
3: Yeah, you know? And that's one thing I'll say, and that's why I'm like, yo, I agree with you. Because one thing I will say, anything I have ever signed, with the exception of my appearances on TV, because that's a whole other thing. But anything where it's, oh, I'm contributing to this compilation, or uh, this is a company that wants to do some business for this or that or this or that. Everything has always been licensed. I was looking through, uh, on my birthday, I was going through my old computer, and I was pulling up all those old contracts and stuff, and I'm like, man, you know, look, it may not have gone as far as everybody else knows, but uh, as as everybody else could have, but I tell you what, at the very least, I got 70% of everything I've ever done, at the least. And I Hmm. own it all. Mm -hmm. Right. Ain't nobody putting out anything audio-wise, video-wise, that says Nick Eden, and I haven't signed off on it. Or my estate. Again, I'm not thinking about $250, uh, 250 million for me. I'm thinking about it for my grandkids' grandkids. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> That's right.
1: Man, um, like, this has been a great, informative show. Um, definitely, um, Take some time to go back and re-listen or share this show with another person who has a form of media in which they own. Um, this information is needed to be heard to ensure that what you put out is yours, what you put out. Um, you know, you have ownership and rights to do what you want to do with it. Uh, make sure if any contracts are put in front of you, make sure that you have the appropriate people to review those things, um, because you wanna make sure that you get the biggest stake in your own product as possible, ownership versus equality um definitely a great show. we definitely appreciate um you know the conversation that we had today uh with our hosts Kevin and Nick uh Nick, can you give out the information in regards to our patreon? We have some information coming out very soon some um some things we want you guys to be aware of with the Middleman Talk Show? Yes,
3: yes, yes. Uh, we are in the process of launching our Patreon. It is patreon.com forward slash The Middleman Talk Show. You'll be getting content, uh, continuations of conversations like this. Uh, we have not officially launched it yet, but will be. So please look out as the, as the, in the, within the next, I would say within the next two weeks, we just want to make sure we build up enough content there that you are... Feeling very fulfilled with your middleman talk show experience, um, and as always, we want everybody out there to support Black media. Uh, these types of conversations
0: uh, they don't
3: happen in the mainstream, so we want to make sure that we are always, always supporting Black media. And in that rain. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, the Bakari Sellers podcast. Uh, Bakari Sellers has been a a big figure in uh, politics and black culture for a long time. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying his podcast. I didn't even know he had one out until a few weeks ago. So uh, that's B-A-K-R-I Sellers, the Bakari Sellers podcast. You can find it everywhere you listen to a podcast, including everywhere you listen to the Middleman Talk Show.
1: Also, if you would like to uh, advertise your business on the Middleman Talk Show, uh, please email us at wearethemiddlemen at gmail.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-T-H-E-M-I-D-D-L-E-M-E-N at gmail.com. In uh, a subject matter, please put advertising with the Middleman Talk Show. We'll definitely get back to you. We have great prices. Um, in order to get your business promoted through our show, we definitely appreciate any support that you guys uh, share with us.
2: Speaking of that, I got one for us. Y'all would like to hear it. Here it goes Let's go, man.
0: Grinding Entertainment Studios is a new, exclusive state of the art recording studio for all your recording needs. Grinding and T Studios is a safe and secure recording studio conveniently located in Ellenwood, Georgia. No project is too big or too small for our full-service recording studio. We offer specialized services in recording, production, and certified engineering mixing and mastering for all genres of music, as well as spoken word, voiceovers, and scoring for TV and motion pictures at hourly rates and block sessions. Visit us on all social media platforms. At Grinding ENT Studio. And for more information and to book an appointment, please email us at Grinding ENT Studio at gmail.com. That's G R I N D I N E N T Studio at gmail.com.
3: All right. Oh, and uh, by the way, for those of you out there who are like, look, I got a business, but I don't really know how to do a commercial or anything like that. We do also man. offer uh, where we can do a commercial for you.
1: That's uh, right. That's
3: all a part, man. We are all encompassing here at the Middleman Talk Show. One up, one down.
2: Man, I'm so doggone sleepy over here. Y'all just don't know. Lord have mercy. Y'all had excused excuse me today. I'm tired.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, I'm tired.
2: Lord have mercy, I'm tired. Well, young all brother, right. definitely get you yeah. some rest, bro, man. I am, I am. But well, we'll see y'all next Sunday. And look out for that Patreon when we start dropping those. Subscribe. Donate some money. We also we need to get up some. Y'all need to start sending us some money. Y'all send everybody money for eating on TV. I mean eating on TV. Man, we're giving y'all all information too. Yeah. Give, give us money. your grit money. Yeah.
3: Give us your grit money. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: You're foe for foe money You know what I'm saying <laughs> Alright y'all